0: Hey, this is Travis Bennett, the pastor here at Arena of Life Church, and I just want to welcome you to our podcast. I pray this builds your faith, encourages you, and brings you to newer levels in Christ. Enjoy the message. In Isaiah chapter 40, and we're going to be talking about renewing our strength, amen? How many times, sometimes we need to renew our strength, don't we? And I know this month, I don't know about you guys, but last month, January seemed like it was never going to end to me. And sometimes you got to remind yourself so you can renew your strength. So, Isaiah chapter 40, verse number 27, say amen when you have it. Starting in verse 27 Oh, Jacob, how can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? Oh, Israel, how can you say, God ignores your rights. Sometimes we forget, don't we? Have you never heard, have you never understood the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth? He never grows weak, amen, he never grows weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even use will become weak and tired. And young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord, some translations say hope, some translations say wait. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Lord Jesus, we love you this morning. Father, I humble myself before you and I ask that you move me aside. Lord God, I don't want to speak today. I want you to speak because your words give life. Your words don't return void, Lord God. I ask you to speak to your people. Speak to me today, Lord God. Change us, shape us more into the image of your son. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. And you can be seated in the presence of the Lord. I just want to say wow again wow i mean can you believe what god does if we just take time to remember what god has done you know next week pastor travis and pastor brandy will be back pastor travis will be given his state of the church address now, you've heard of State of the Union. Well, Pastor Travis will be here next week, and he'll give you the State of the Church address. You do not want to miss this. I see that we have some people out this morning. Make sure you call them, check on them, make sure they're all right. Get them here so we can celebrate what God has done at Arena Life. Amen? Arena Life is a big deal. Amen? But since I'm not going to be here next week, I want to give you some of the highlights of what I really enjoy about arena life and what i see as a church you doing and my favorite thing or one of my favorite things is corporate prayer yes, yes. pastor michelle is filling in here the last couple days but i think it's six o'clock we do 6 30 if you haven't started getting online on facebook to getting involved in prayer that's your opportunity at 6 30 monday through thursday is that correct yes, tuesday, tuesday through friday thank you for your help. Sounds like some of you are watching. Who's watching the prayer? Who's to participate in the prayer? Amen. Let me tell you something. Prayer changes things. And I love it that our senior pastors have set the tone with corporate prayer at this church. So that's one of the things I love. I love the homeless ministry. Who's involved in the homeless ministry? I love it when you go love on people and meet them where they are. Meet them with a physical need, amen. And I think, I'm believing that this year we're gonna have more fruit from that homeless ministry because you've been feeding people consistently for years now, and what you're doing is you're earning the right to speak in those people's lives. And I'm believing that by the hundreds, by the, the tens, the fifties, the hundreds are gonna come and say, why do y'all keep doing this? And you're gonna be able to lead those folks to Jesus, amen. Something else I love is the support for our ministry that, that we're a part of, and that's Life Challenge of Amarillo. I love that this church is behind us, and you guys sh- share in every changed life. And Life Challenge is still running an 80% success rate. So I'm talking 80% return on your investment. As you sow seed into the Life Challenge ministry, if that gentleman graduates the program, stays there for the 12 months, 80% of those men do not go back or return to drugs and alcohol. Amen? Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In contrast to that, a secular program has about a good one has 11% success rate. How many know Jesus is the answer? Amen. <laughs> well, uh, you know the the favorite thing I got to be a part of this past year that Arena Life did. You know, I, you know some of my friends and even family members are still, well, they're staying in their house um, because of what's going on. And 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 I remember at the height of the pandemic, the height of it now, where the emergency rooms was overrun. This church sponsored our coffee. We have a mobile coffee shop. This church sponsored our mobile coffee shop to go onto the front lines of BSA Hospital to the emergency room. Come on, somebody. Huh? I mean, I just can't, I I can't even hardly wrap my mind. Wow. 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 Amen? Look what God has done in the, in the life of the church over this past year. So don't miss that next week. Pastor Travis will be here, and I'm sure he will have his State of the Church address. I want to talk to you about perspective. When we renew our strength, how do we, you know, you got to, the version I came across where it says, but those who wait on the Lord. Well, how do you wait on the Lord without a proper perspective of who God is? Amen. What is your perspective, I guess, is the question I want to ask. In a perspective, let me give you the definition for perspective, a particular way of viewing things that depends on one's experience and personality. Did you hear that? Perspective is a particular way of viewing things that depends on one's experience and personality. Verse 27 in the passage I just read you, I want to read it to you again. It says, "Oh Jacob, how can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? Oh Israel, how can you say God ignores your rights? Now, how many people get there like, Lord, don't you see what's going on here? I mean, I, I'm, we were just sharing, I was just sharing with Brother John about that before the service. I mean, and he gave me a word. He said, remember, And I, we need, and I talked about that already. We need to remember what God's done in our lives. But maybe you're brand new. Maybe God hasn't done anything in your life before. And I've been there. I've been brand new. I wasn't raised in church. I grew up on the street. So maybe you're there like I was where God's never done anything for you. But what I did was I just took it by faith that God's going to do something. Amen? And here's why I took it by faith, because I didn't have no other choice. I had already tried everything. I had tried every temptation the world had to offer to fill that void that was in my heart. Amen? I had chased after the drugs, after the alcohol, after the women, after the the cars, after the houses. You know, how many no material things can be an idol? So I had chased after all of that stuff, and it had left me broken, busted, and disgusted. Kind of tore up from the floor up. Amen? Until one day, I humbled myself, got on my knees, and cried on the name of the Lord, and said, Lord, make it stop. Tears streaming down my face saying, Lord, make it stop. The next day, I was slammed down in the pavement by what they call, I think you call it the task force around here. Yeah, slammed right down on my face in the pavement. Now, look, that's not the way I wanted it to stop, okay? But God got my attention, and those police officers that day saved my life. Do you hear me? But I didn't have a perspective at that time. I just knew what I had done up until that point in my life didn't work. So what did I have to lose? Maybe that's you today. Well, let me tell you something. God will blow your mind. Because now I've walked it out long enough to see what God does. So I have a perspective of God. Maybe you don't. What is your perspective? I've even called him this, the good Lord. Anybody ever called him that? The good Lord upstairs. He kind of seems distanced when I I think. And I'm not saying that you can't call him the good Lord, but I'm trying to understand what your perspective is. Or how about this, the man upstairs. I even treated God like this, the genie in the bottle, right? Rub Rub the bottle and give me three wishes. I mean, I've treated God like that before I knew, had a proper perspective of who God is. Or how about this one, the cosmic bellhop in the sky, Right? The bellhop, you know, the bellhop at the, 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 the hotels that, that come and get your baggage and carry it around. I mean, some of us treat God like that. Like, we, how about this one, fire insurance. Lord, I need you. I need you to get me to heaven, but I don't want to do anything that's required. I don't want to be a disciple. I just want to get in. Fire insurance, that, I mean, I don't know. But are you still curious of who God is? Maybe you're investigating still. I had a student one time, um, and I asked, it, there was a question on one of our uh, assignments, this are you saved? And he says, I'm thinking about it. He's counting the cost, Pastor Robert. You know, and, and I think we need to do that. We need to count the cost. It says that in the Bible, that we have to count the cost. Well, let me tell you something, the cost is worth it. So what's your perspective? Do you know that God is a holy, righteous God that hates sin? Do you know the difference between worldly sorrow and godly sorrow? I see that in my life challenge a lot. The worldly sorrow is this. I catch them doing something and they say they're sorry. Right? That's worldly sorrow. And it could turn into godly sorrow, but most of the time it's worldly sorrow. Godly sorrow is this. I've done something wrong. They come to my office and they say, I've done something wrong. And the Holy Spirit's all over me, convicted me. And I need to tell you the truth about this situation. Oh, my goodness, I'm getting goosebumps. Godly sorrow. When the Holy Spirit convicts you and then you make a move, now change is taking place. I can throw seed and I can tell you right from wrong till I'm blue in the face. And and most of the time it does not do anything until the Holy Spirit gets a hold of that word and gets it in your spirit. Then change takes place. Amen? And I'm talking real, radical, radical change. So what is your perspective of God? A proper understanding of God's dealings in life comes only, only by knowing his perspective and ways. Or how about this one? Are you filled with worry or fear? Some of my friends are filled with fear right now, filled with fear. I had a, a couple tell me this this week, and it just broke my heart. They're, they were quoting me the, the hospital statistic of how many people are in the hospital. Now, before I go much further into that, let me explain something to you about hospital statistics that are happening right now. A lot of the hospital staff has either been laid off, or let go, or quit because they didn't take the vaccine, right? So that kind of skews our our numbers a little bit. But they told me, you know, that we're going to go with the recommendations that came out from the first wave, which was 14%. And they're going to stay in their house until the rates drop back down. However, if the rate goes back up, they're going to go back in their house again. And, and I have empathy. I, I'm, it breaks my heart. You know, and I want everyone to do what they feel is best for them. Amen. But here's where I am. I'm not going to be so afraid of dying that I'm going to stop living. Amen. I know without a shadow of a doubt. I know just as sure as I'm standing here that this is an attack, a demonic attack. Because these folks I'm talking about are Christian folks, are leaders, are filled with the Holy Ghost, know the Word of God, but the devil, I feel like, has got some of us distracted and filled with worry and filled with fear. Let me tell you something. That's what the devil tries to do. The devil tries to distract us from building God's kingdom. Once we're saved and set free and on fire for the Lord, the devil does everything he can, whether it's a flat tire on the side of the road or COVID-19, to get us distracted off of the kingdom to get us distracted off of the miracle. amen. And when I say miracle, I'm talking about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'm talking about clinging to, relying on, and trusting in His finished work. Amen. Jesus Christ's finished work. It's not about what I've done. It's about what He's done. Amen. And when I focus on that and cling to that, man, we can shake up this community. We can shake up this world but the devil is using fear and worry and anxiety to distract the people of god from our purpose. Well, look what the bible says about worry. In Matthew 6:26 through 32, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Verse 28, and back to our passage, Isaiah 40, 28 and 29. Have you not known? Have you not heard the everlasting God? The Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. Do you know we don't take God by surprise? His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increases strength. And we know Romans 8:28, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called According to his purpose. I'm talking about all things. I'm not talking about just what we perceive to be good things. Amen? Amen. I'm talking about all things. You know, God, I've walked this thing long enough by his grace somehow. Wow. (laughs) Amen. I've walked this thing long enough to see God move, to see God work. To see him take all of my failures, all of my regrets, all of my doubts, and turn it around and use it for his glory. One of my biggest failures as a father, as a husband, was I wasn't present when my two little girls, my oldest daughters who are now grown and married and have my grandkids, I wasn't there for them when they got on the school bus for the first time. And it broke my heart and ate my lunch for years afterwards. By God's grace, I've been able to make peace with my past in that mistake because there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Amen? There's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. That's no condemnation from God and no self-condemnation. I think we leave that part out. You don't have to beat yourself up anymore for that. Amen. But I have watched students in my classroom as I shared that story. And I've shared the story so many times now that I don't even get sweaty eyeballs. But I don't want to minimize that because for the first probably ten years of me sharing that story, I was weeping and crying, trying to get through it. But I've watched him break other fathers in my classroom with that failure in my life. That's how I know that all things work together for good. For those who love God and are called according to His purposes. Now, was that thing good that I did? No. But my perspective of God is He will use everything for His good. Amen? So what is your perspective of God? Here's mine. You know... We hear that God heals. Amen? What well, happened to me in my life. When I started this journey, I heard that. And I believed it by faith. But then I had a tumor that was suffocating my heart. When, actually, when we moved to Amarillo, I was diagnosed with a tumor in New Mexico. We moved to Amarillo Life continued to happen as I was going through tests, and by the way i didn 't tell anybody about this either, so i don 't recommend that, especially your spouse. You should probably tell your spouse, but I remember coming back from I wish I could remember what it was called, but you stick they stick a camera down your throat it 's like a e something but anyway, they stick a camera down your throat, take a picture of the back of your heart well they 're they 're shoving me back to the recovery room you know after the procedure and the nurse goes good news to my wife no tumor that's how my wife found out at that point but what I'm saying is God miraculously melted the tumor from my heart come on so I read it in the book that God heals and he did it in my life that God heals my perspective of God is that he's a healer amen and I've already told you he delivered me from drugs and alcohol and immorality come on he restored my marriage. I mean, we were, I was a train wreck. When y'all see Sister Tracy, thank her for putting up with me for 35 years. I'm not kidding. I was a broken human being. But God is a restoration God. Amen. God is a God of reconciliation. God is a God of redemption. My God is a healing God. My God is a delivering God. My God has taught me how to be a better husband and is still teaching me. My God is teaching me to be a better father. My God is teaching me to, a better, to be a better person. But that's my perspective. What's your perspective? Because for those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. But if you don't have the proper perspective of God, you're not going to wait. So you got to remind yourself of what God has done. Amen. And if he hasn't done anything yet, keep on walking. Because I'm telling you, if you just come in this door today, I don't know what you did last night. And I don't need to know what you did last night. But I can tell you for sure that I have been in a church on Sunday morning where I did something that I shouldn't have done on Saturday night. Amen. And I needed somebody to love on me. And I want you to tell you, if that's you here today, we're here to love on you. Amen. You're right where you need to be. And we welcome you and we want you to come back and we want you to keep coming back so you can get the same perspective of God as I have. Amen. What is your perspective? They that wait upon the Lord. There's that wait word. Also hope, also trust. But hope, trust, sometimes requires waiting. Amen? So, it, so not only do we need the, the proper perspective, we need to have patience. We need to have patience. Nobody heard me. Let me try over here. We need to have patience. Okay, two people. Let's try over here. We need to have patience. Okay, 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 amen. Yeah, patience, I, I know, I, I know. Patience is, is tough sometimes. But having the proper perspective, remembering what God did for us, that will help us with patience. In New Mexico, I, I shared about a little bit about us being in New Mexico, and I'm telling you, the first two years of that ministry, it was amazing. God gave us a wonderful vision for the Navajo, and, and people were getting saved and set free, and Everything was going I mean, just wonderful. I didn't think I'd ever leave. Maybe that's why God moved me because I got comfortable. but anyway, that's another story. I, I, just, I just loved the ministry, and then two years in, the leadership changed. The, the organization changed, and it was like a family ministry, OK? And all of a sudden, everything that we were doing weren't allowed to do anymore. So a lot of change came. Who likes change? A bunch of honest people today, amen. I don't like change either. (laughs) So changes happened. Some things were going on that I didn't really agree with. Although I would say, Lord, I don't think this is what we're supposed to be doing. And the Lord would say, Pastor Michelle, shut your mouth and submit. And I'd go, but Lord, I'd start the whining, you know, but Lord, don't you see what's going on? This ain't fair. And he would say, shut your mouth and submit. I was not patient at the time, okay? I think that's why the Lord sent me out into the middle of nowhere, because he knew what a nut I was, to finish refining me a little bit. Amen, Pastor Robert? I was like, Lord, I need release. And he said, no, shut your mouth and submit. Okay, so I submitted and I submitted and I submitted. And then finally one night we were praying, Sister Tracy and I, and she says, well, why don't you say, Lord, make it stop? It worked before. Huh? Hey, let me tell you something. You, Mary, let me speak to the married folks for a minute. You got to be unified in your house. Did you hear me? You got to be unified in your house. One more time. You got to be unified in your house. One night, let me take a detour here, real quick. Let me finish that story. I said, Lord, make it stop. Called here to Life Challenge of Amarillo, to the founders of Life Challenge in Amarillo, and they. Uh, The process started, the rest is history, I'm here, amen? And I'm supposed to be here, amen? Let me go back to the unity because I think this is really important. I was sitting in the recliner one night, praise God for recliners, amen? I was sitting in the recliner and and Tracy had been burning candles all over the house, right? And, And in the bedroom specifically, she'd been burning, and I love candles and she burns them quite often, but she's burning them like regularly and I'm, and she would say, don't you smell that? I was like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't smell it. I, I'm sorry. And she says, something's dead. Something's dead in here. And I mean, so she's got all these candles burning. So while I'm sitting in the recliner and she comes in the bedroom door. And I mean, her face just changes. She goes, you don't smell that. I'm like, no. So now I'm up. I know it's serious, right? I get up and I, I go to the door and I'm like, I don't smell it. I said, no, honey, I'm sorry. I, don't, I believe you. But I don't smell it. So I, and she goes over here to the dresser. She goes, "Well, how about here?" And I want her. No, honey, I'm sorry. I, again, I, I I believe you, but I, I don't smell it. Then she goes into the bathroom door, or goes to the bathroom door, and I go to the bathroom. Shh. Don't smell it. She opens the cabinet. I get down on one knee. Shh. And run to the door, run out on the porch, tears strumming down my face. I smelled it that time, Pastor Robert. And let me tell you something, I'm, I'm almost smelling it now. I smelled it so much. Okay, but here's the point. When you're unified in your home, she smells stuff I don't smell. Come on. She sees stuff I don't see. you got to be unified in your home. Not only in your home, you got to be unified in this church. Amen, all the body has to be unified together because Pastor Robert can see stuff that Pastor Michelle can't see. Pastor Michelle can see stuff that Pastor Shannon don't see. And when all the body is working together, we can stop the attacks of the enemy, amen? Unity, unity is key. We gotta have the proper perspective. We gotta be patient. But what do we do while we wait? Everybody says, wait. Well, what do we do while we wait? Let me give you a couple things to do while you wait. We got to pray. I said, you got to pray. And I gave you an opportunity. The church gives you an opportunity. So you might be saying like I was, I don't know how to pray. Here's the prayer I knew. Lord, get me out of this one. That's all the prayer I knew. Right? And he would. And I'd walk out and I'd say, now, Lord, now sit over there and I'll let you know when I need you again. That was my perspective of God. But by his grace, he kept drawing me and kept drawing me. And now I've got a proper perspective of God. Amen? So what do you do while you wait? you got to pray 6.30, Tuesday through Friday. The church gives you an opportunity to go on Facebook. It's a live prayer. Somebody will lead you through prayer. Let me tell you something while you wait. you got to get up, clean up, and show up. Did you hear me? And all of you did that this morning. Give yourselves a hand clap. Huh? Come on, everybody in here got up, cleaned up, and showed up to hear the word of God. Amen. And lives are being changed as the word of God goes forth. You got to fight. You got to fight. You got to fight. You can't give up. 2 Timothy chapter chapter 4, verse number 7, the apostle Paul says this. He's he's writing to his spiritual son. He's writing to Timothy in his pastoral epistle, and he tells Timothy, I have fought the good fight. I have fought the good fight. While you wait, church, we got to fight. Do you notice that Paul didn't say he won every fight? But he was in the fight. He has fought the good fight. I think God's looking for some fighters today. I think God's looking for some fighters. I'm thinking God's looking for some fighters. We might might take a shot, but we're going to keep swinging. Amen. We might take a shot, but we're going to keep swinging. God's looking for people to get into the game. Amen. God's looking for people to get up to bat. Amen. Hey, we might strike out sometimes. You might hit a single. You might hit a double, but every once in a while, we're going to hit a home run. Amen? God is looking for people to get in the fight. I'm telling you, while you wait for the Lord, get in the fight. Amen? You got to get in the fight. Testify to yourself. Revelation 12 verse 11 says this. We overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and the words of our testimony. Remember what God has done testify to what God has done how many I have to testify to myself I'm not talking about getting on a platform and coming to testify to the church I'm talking about sitting in my office I'm talking about when the enemy comes on me like a flood I'm talking about when depression hits me I'm talking about when I got a flat tire on the side of the road I need to testify to myself how good God is and what he's done in my life that he's healed me that he saved me that he set me free Remind yourself of what God has done for you in your life and then you can get some gratitude. I'm telling you what to do while you wait because those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Reciprocity. Anybody know that word? reciprocity another thing you can do while you are wait a tree grows up takes nutrients from the soil drops leaves back down onto the soil the tree takes from the soil and gives back to the soil reciprocity Amen. relationships need reciprocity let me tell you something Tracy would have not have put up with me for 35 years without a little reciprocity Thank God she she could deal with just a little because that's about all I've done is just a little reciprocity giving back amen working together giving back you, why you wait it's important to practice reciprocity how do what does that look like as a church well if you call yourself a member of the church you should be here for work days. I'm talking about reciprocity. I'm talking about you're taken from the church, now you're going to give back to the church. The problem with if we don't practice reciprocity, the relationship dies. You understand? So when we have a volunteer day, when we feed the homeless down, everybody ought to be volunteering. You ought to be calling Jennifer. You ought to be calling Pastor Robert. You ought to be calling Pastor Michelle and saying, how can I help this week? I got one amen from brother Don. I'm talking about reciprocity. Some of you call, call yourselves members. See, I could say these things because pastor Travis is coming back, but some of you call yourselves a member and all you do is stay, sit, sit out there or watch at home and watch the pastor work. I'm talking about reciprocity. I'm talking about giving back. How can I give back? If you want to Watch this church flourish. Watch this church grow. And I'm telling you, this is the year of harvest for Arena Life. But we need reciprocity. We need you to get involved with what the church is doing. Amen? I'm talking about reciprocity. I'm talking about those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. If you got the proper perspective and you're patient, the power comes. I said the power comes. But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Those who wait on the Lord will find new strength. Where do you get your strength? God is our spiritual strength. Strengthened by His Holy Spirit, we are able to fight the daily battle of faith. The strongest among men fall, physically, yes, but also spiritually. The message is clear. Man is his strong, at his strongest is weak. Did you hear that? Man at his strongest is weak. He's helpless, inherently weak. We face enemies of the world, enemies of the devil, enemies of our own flesh. Sometimes life seems as difficult for us as God's people that we are tempted to think that God is not with us. Well, God doesn't, that God doesn't see the need we have. We're tempted to walk out of grace and to turn from God. But I'm telling you, if you wait for God, the power will come. And after the power comes, the promise comes. If you wait, those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. The promise, my favorite promise in Scripture Those who wait upon and trust in the Lord get the desires of their heart. Did you hear that? This is my favorite promise. You gotta grab this, you gotta hold on to it, you gotta get it in your spirit. Psalm 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. In New Mexico... The Lord had spoke, I think I shared this with you when I was talking, the last time I was here I was talking about the negative things we had playing in our heads and things like that. But we had a, we had a horse ministry and I was really reluctant to do this horse ministry because the Lord said get a horse and I lived in the desert and I was living on about $1,000 a month with five children so I was wondering how I was going to feed the horse. So that was the reluctance part of it. But I, I stepped out on faith and we got a horse and we actually ended up having 15 head of horses and we hosted mission teams from all over the country. So one of their free days from ministry, it was intense ministry for normally seven to 10 days, but we'd always work in a free day. And one of those days was trail rides. And I, of course, I was not a cowboy, still not a cowboy. I, I'm dressed like a cowboy today, sort of, but I'm not a cowboy. But the Navajo were cowboys. And so they taught me how to, work horses they taught me how to break horses well we're getting ready to have a mission team come in from Dallas and so I'm thinking well we need to have a trail ride so I can prepare to be ready to be ready to take this group on a trail ride and I saddle up saddle up six horses and all my whole family gets on horseback you know none of us have hardly been on a horse before that's a whole nother story but I saddle up all the horses put everybody on horseback and we the New Mexico is just beautiful with the mesas and and all of this. I'm talking about the promise right now, by the way, okay? I'm talking about God's going to give you the desires of your heart if you just trust him. If you just wait upon the Lord, he will renew your strength, and he will give you the desires of your heart. We're all on horseback. We leave the barn, and the sun was just going down, and the mesas had, I mean— it's wild how when the sun at a different levels, it changes the colors of the mesas all, all around. And we're down in, we go down in this valley, and I had what Pastor Ty would call one of those God encounters. Amen. Like God like hopped right on the horse with me and started sharing with me. I'm looking around. I'm seeing all my babies on horseback. And I'm like, wow, this is cool. And the Lord said, don't you remember? you were a little boy sitting on your bed watching a little black and white TV. And the Lone Ranger was on. And the Lone Ranger was on silver. And he said, hi-ho, silver. And he raised up on his hind legs. And I remember, he said, don't you remember as a little boy what you said that day? And I remembered it like it was yesterday, Pastor Robert. I said, I sure would like to have a horse. I said, yeah, Lord, I remember I sure would like to have a horse. He said, I dare you to keep serving me because I'm going to give you the desires of your heart. Amen. That was a desire. That's what's so beautiful about that desire of my heart that he's given me because I didn't even know I had it still. Did you hear me? I said, God will give you the desires of your heart that you forgot you even had. I'm talking about wait upon the Lord and he will renew your strength. The promise is that he's going to give you the desires of your heart if you just serve him. Hold on to that promise. Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. When we, see, when we see our weakness, we are growing. And when we're growing despondent, when we see how bad things are, the idea is not that we should keep looking at ourselves or grope or mope around in the darkness. No, my friend, look to the Lord for renewed strength. Look to the everlasting God. He is the creator of the heavens and the earth. He never faints. He never grows weary. He doesn't get tired. He didn't get tired of creating. He doesn't get tired of Of sustaining. He gives power to the faint. Wait on him and he'll renew your strength. We get tired in this battle. We cannot win by ourselves. We need strength, a renewed strength, a new strength, not in the physical, but I'm talking about strength in the spiritual. Jehovah Jireh, he is my provider. Jehovah Rapha, he is my healer. Jehovah M. my sanctifier. Jehovah Shalom, my peace. Jehovah Elohim, my Lord. Jehovah Roy, my shepherd. Jehovah Shammah, he is there. Jehovah Sabbath, Lord of hosts. Jehovah El Elohim the most high Jehovah, Jehovah El Roy sees everything he's omnipresent which means he's everywhere all at the same time he's omniscient that means he knows everything he's omnipotent that means he's all powerful he will never leave you he will never forsake you I'm talking about wait for him and he will renew your strength oh Lord Jesus thank you Oh Lord Jesus, thank you. If we have the proper perspective and we're patient, the power comes. And I'm telling you, you walk in that power, the promise comes. The promise comes. Those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. We bow our heads. I don't know where you're at today, but I know God does. Nothing that's happened this morning has taken God by surprise. He knew it was going to happen before it happened. And I feel right now in my spirit that the Lord is already drawing somebody. He's drawing somebody to himself. Maybe you're like me. Maybe you don't have a perspective of God, but you know something's wrong in your life that you can't fix. And actually, if that's you, you're in a good spot because that's what I had to learn is that I was a sinner. My best works before God was as, were like filthy rags. Even though I was helping little old ladies across the street and holding the door open for them as they came in the, the store, I was not earning my way, but nowhere except to hell. Because I'm a sinner and I can't save myself. But there is a person in his name is Jesus Christ that can and will save you and set you free if you would just trust in him. And I want to introduce you to him. So I'm not going to stay here long, but if that's you today, if God is pulling on your heart and you need the proper perspective of Jesus, I just want to slip your hand up real quick. Anybody here that we need to introduce to Jesus. We, we want to welcome you to the family. Amen, amen, amen. My second question is this. Maybe you're wore out. Maybe, you're, maybe you had a month of January like I had. More month than money. Maybe you're wore out. Maybe you're feeling tired. Let me tell you something. We still got 11 months to go in this year. Maybe you're struggling with the weight. Maybe you're struggling enjoying the process. I want to open these altars for you right now. If anybody feels the pulling of the Holy Spirit, get to this altar. Say, Lord, I need help with my perspective. Or maybe it's you need help with your waiting time. Lord, I'm in a season of waiting. I need to know what to do. Lord, I need to fight. Renew my strength so I can fight. I just need help getting up in the morning, Lord. I need help getting up, cleaning up, and showing up. I need help putting one foot in front of the other. Wherever you are today, I want you to know, if you get the right perspective of God and you wait for Him, you'll get the power and promises are coming to your life. Father, we love you and we honor you this day. I thank you for your word, Lord God. I thank you for your people. Lord, I ask that we get this word in our spirits Father, continue to shape our perspective. Help us to wrap our minds around what Jesus Christ has done for us. Help us to cling to, rely on, and trust in your son's finished work. Father, help us as we leave today to be your hands and feet. Let everything we think, say, and do be of you. And to your glory, because you're worthy. And God's people said. Thanks for joining us. We want to thank all of you who give to our ministries here at AOL Church. It's because of you that all of this is possible. You can give now by clicking the link below. And if you haven't already, subscribe and share this message. It helps us reach more people and share the gospel through you. Be sure to stay connected to us through our Church Center app, our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and follow us on social media like Facebook and Instagram. May the Lord bless you and keep you. His face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. Thanks again for listening. Go and make a difference today.